Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tigers and Takedowns podcast. I'm Morgan. And I'm James. And before we get started with a jam-packed episode, let's give a shout-out to our sponsor, Wrestling Central. We talk about them every ep, so I hope you guys have checked them out at this point and seen all of the really awesome stuff that they do. Uh, Whether you have a team that you want to get some custom gear for, they can do screen printing, they can do all kinds of customization for your team singlets. Uh, They've got the ability to make t-shirts for your team. You can get shoes, you can get your headgear, you can get your backpacks. Um, And then for those listening that are just Mizzou wrestling fans, don't have anybody wrestling on any team other than that. Um, they've got some awesome Mizzou wrestling gear, whether it's NIL gear, the future, some of the Tiger style wrestlers or just general fan merch. They have that as well. They make really high quality products. They're based out of Missouri. They support us and we support Mizzou wrestling. So please go support them too. <clears throat> visit them at Missouri hyphen hyphen or no, sorry, wrestling hyphen central.net. Sorry. It, it might as well be Missouri Wrestling hyphen Central.net, but yeah. it's just wrestling hyphen Central.net. Please check them out. Especially with state going on right now. I know it's a big, a big week in, in wrestling and Mizzou's not even home. Yep, got freestyle stuff coming up too. So plenty of opportunities to uh get some wrestling gifts for, for yourself or someone you know. Yeah, um, do it. But we'll dive in. So gonna be kind of there's a lot of stuff to go through. So we're gonna kind of run through this first one. Uh Mizzou went to the Dakotas, took on North Dakota State, and beat them 32-6. to six. Um, Really good performances from most of the team, for, from all the team. Had the had some losses, but uh, Noah Certain majored Ryan Henningsen 20-8. to eight. Um, Honestly, probably could have gotten the tech. Got a little too aggressive in some situations, really went for it, and gave up, I think, two takedowns, kind of some weird situations. One of them going for his mixer like he likes, and, uh, end up having to bail on it and give up a takedown, but you know, just uh, what is that like? I can't do math right now, I'm too tired. Tw- uh, three points away from a tech, so but at the same time, kind of trying something in kind of this lower risk situation, yeah, to try some stuff out. Certain his his weekend was kind of defined by letting it fly and, and giving giving some stuff up, but doing pretty well. Uh, Drew Stanfield made his dual debut as a true freshman, looked really good in his first match, took out Fernando Barreto 12 to 5. Hit a really nice uh, legal cutback, which can be kind of hard to do in Division One. Um, got some back points. Wrestled pretty well throughout that match. Uh, Josh Edmond took on Gavin Drexler, who was ranked, I want to say, either in the late 20s or early 30s. Uh, looked awesome. Hit some big moves. Got a major 15-2. to two. Uh, Joel Milan stepped in. He lost to Maxwell Peterson 4-2. to two. We kind of talked about Peterson being a guy, not in the rankings, but – Right there. Yeah, right there, looking to qualify. Um, Stepping in the place of Kellen March, who got hurt earlier this year. Uh, Mahler beat Bowden Greenlee. Greenlee's a true freshman for North Dakota State. That's pretty solid, but uh, Mahler wins this one on escape and a rideout. Um, The the rideout, third period rideout was really nice, but again, Brock just kind of wanted to see him open up more, and he knows that, and Coach Smith has talked about it, so. Uh, we'll kind of dive into more of that later. Uh, Keegan doing Keegan things. He gets the pin over Brendan Howes in uh, five minutes, 46 seconds. Was pretty much had tech locked up, looking for his feet to back, trying to set up his cradle. Yep. Ends up getting it, putting him on his back. Um, Mako got a major, 17-3 to over Mason Goad. Just, again, doing some Mako things. Kind of hard for a young guy to, to wrestle something like that. To understand what's even happening. <laughs> Yeah, so Mako looked good. Uh, Whiting really impressed me. He he teched Adam Churn uh, twenty to three in four and a half minutes. Uh, Churn's a guy who he's a true freshman, so definitely still developing, but had some some solid ranked wins. Uh, and Whiting just kind of manhandled him. I yeah, mean, kind of the Whiting you saw at the beginning of the season against some of these like lower ranked guys. Yeah, something. I thought he looked really good. Got got takedowns. Got some top work. Really nice bow and arrow, which is cool to see from him. Um, Jesse Cassatt in place of Rocky Elam at 197. He drops match to Spencer Mooberry 5-1. to one. Uh, And then Zach Elam gives up the first takedown, comes back to win 10-4 over Devin Dawson. Dawson's one of those guys where, you know, I don't know that he'll necessarily qualify for Big 12s, but he does some fun stuff. He's kind of a tough guy. You don't really know what to expect. Um, so pretty dominant performance for the Tigers. Uh, they had Saturday off traveling to South Dakota State and then wrestled them on Sunday. 
going to kind of run through this as well. Uh, Noah Certain took on Tanner Jordan, who who's ranked and a guy that I talked pretty highly about. And he gets another major, 14 to 6 here. And that was in, uh, we kind of talked about Certain doing some crazy things against Henningsen. A little similar. He was really aggressive from top. I think gave up two reversals in this one. Uh, so, you know, Certain sometimes little live by the sword, die by the sword style. He turns in, gets a big move and gets some back points. I mean, he, he looked really good. I think Jordan's a, a tough out this year at a really volatile weight class. So any ranked win you get is, is a big win. Uh, Drew Stanfield again gets the first takedown and has some good moments, but then struggles on bottom against Derek Cardinal, who is ranked. Uh, he drops that one 14 to five. Um, Josh Edmond comes in. Another nail biter for Edmond. Yeah, this was a surprising one. Uh, you know, Edmund looks so explosive, so offensive, and really successful uh, against North Dakota State, and he gets back up Caleb Gross, and he only wins 3-2. Uh, Gross did a really solid job on top, um, just kind of put it on Edmund in certain positions, and uh, more so like Edmund just couldn't really break through that defense, kind of struggled in some situations. But, you know, sometimes you got to survive in advance. Uh, Joel Milan drops a match, uh, ranked match to Alec Martin. Again, uh, he's opening up a little more, getting to legs, but getting there and just having some trouble getting that last uh, sequence to finish and end up on top. Martin get, gets a takedown and puts on tough rides. Um, Mahler ends up uh, getting a win over Kale Swenson, which one that we kind of had circled of like, you know, we needed to see what we could get out of Mahler here. It's a 4-1 decision. So, you know, again, like we talked about, you want to see a little more offense there, uh, but he really did have a solid match. Yeah, Swenson's tough and – Mahler, Mahler did open up, didn't let it go to overtime, and got that one takedown. Uh, Keegan steps up against Connor Gaynor. Same thing where he did against Howe. kind of built up to that tech uh, score where he just needs one more score to, for the tech. He's looking for a feet to back, whether it be a cow catcher or setting up his cradle or something like that. Couldn't really get Gaynor to uh, fully commit to it, so ends up just getting a takedown. I think like a simple go behind in the third. Uh, I think – Gaynor was about to give up a stall call anyway for the tech. So Keegan just got the takedown. Um, Mako versus K. DeVos. Oh. This was a big opportunity for Mako and um, had some nice moments. Came really close to scoring a couple times, but uh, I think it was time ran out on one and the ref kind of stalemated it in a weird Mako esque position. Oh, yeah. It was April. like one you've seen Mako score from dozens of times so yeah. far. But uh, Tom wrestled. Gonna stop that kind of stuff with the way he bends his knee. Yeah. DeVos wrestled really well, put on a tough ride. Um, you know, just a tough matchup. I think DeVos could be a top three type of guy this year. And it just is it just kind of what it was. Yeah. And stylistically, like we talked about in the preview, just not always going to be Mako's favor in a match like this. 184, we saw. Colton Hawks in a place of Whiting, which kind of surprised us a little bit with how good Whiting looked against North Dakota State. But, uh, you know, the, those two have gone back and forth a little bit, a little bit less this season with, uh, you know, Whiting being pretty consistently the starter and and Hawks more kind of coming in at 197 occasionally instead of Rocky. But he gets the match against uh, Bennett Berge and end up losing that a really close one, 10 to 6. Yeah, the score's a little deceiving because Berge put Hawks on his back for a seven-point move. Um, Hawks ends up getting two takedowns to the match. I'm not, I don't fully remember, but looking really solid and, and had some nice moments, but that big move, just, just kind of how Hawks has been this season where he's so close to get making something happen and then just, just can't fully break through. Um, still, still think very highly of Hawks. So Bergie's a tough match. Would have liked to see Whiting. Um, I will say just cause Hawks lost to Bergie last year. Whiting beat him last year. This would be a big win as far as Big 12 and um, uh, just NCAA rankings mm -hmm. in general. I do think that maybe it was a little bit of an opportunity for Hawks to, to I mean, to get, get back that spot. You know, he, he won the spot late last season. Um, I don't know that this will be the last we see of him, but it's definitely uh, potentially something to monitor. Yeah. Um, Rocky, this is a tough one. Heartbreaker. Rocky. Uh, Rocky gets pinned by Tanner Sloan in the second period. He was up 3-0, got a really nice takedown in the first period, finished the period on top. Uh, has has a very particular game plan where he's kind of backing up, backing up, backing up, but he's the one taking shots as Sloan stepping in. Mm -hmm. uh, actually forces a stall call. He gets to a leg. Uh, 
Sloan sprawls out and Rocky holds on to it for just a little too long as he's bringing his head up before he lets his arms go. And Sloan just throws a, a righty head and arm and puts him on his back and gets the fall. I yeah. mean, it was it was not something you typically see for Sloan. In fact, in the post-match press conference, he was like, you won't see me really do that. It's more of a feel thing. Uh, just kind of felt it and decided to go for it. Um, it's hard to take to like the, I was talking to a friend about this and it was like, I could see Sloan beating Rocky again for sure. Just because I think Sloan's very good, but I would be Not very like surprised this. at a similar result. Um, Rocky did get choice in the second. He took neutral, which I think is smart. I am curious if it would have gone to the third, if it would have gone, I think, and I think it was a good strategy by Rocky knowing that he might need one, two, three takedowns because Sloan, if he's down enough, he might just take top and try to get a couple turns because um, he is that good from top. So curious. Hopefully they get to run that one back. Um, and at that point, that actually gave South Dakota State the lead 19 to uh, was it 19 to 15. Yeah. And uh, with the pin, South Dakota State had criteria. So Zach needed at least a tech. A tech to get enough like points, I think, because uh, uh, wouldn't a major have um, just tied it and they would have criteria? Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, he yeah. would have needed at least a tech to win outright. Um, and he said, I'm not going to even mess with the tech. And he said, I got places to be. I'm ready to be I back in Columbia. Yeah. He, he goes out and pins a, a very solid Luke Rasmussen in 33 seconds. I know. I was trying to, not that I was worried about this match, but, you know, you try to get yourself, like, hyped up. Like, okay, for the team score, let's do this. Like, Zach, what you got? And, like, before you could even get yourself too hyped, he was like, and done. Yeah, I – that poor South Dakota State crowd, they were so pumped after that freaking They were like, we're back in it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they've and they've upset Mizzou before. It would have been huge. But then Zach just kind of put that to bed yep. real quick. It was really nice. He just continues to just be that guy at 285. Having a solid heavyweight like Zach is so huge in duels. Um, so not very different style of wins, but 2-0 and on the weekend. Some guys that looked a little flat got some wins and then got back in the win column. So pretty solid but now looking ahead we've got uh two big ones coming up and a lot of unknowns yeah let's let's kind of throw some disclaimers on here that there's just a little bit of uh on a podcast coach smith kind of talked a little bit about you know you might see some different guys in the lineup for these two duels and and we are just not 100 sure what that means uh you and i released their probables and there are a lot of ors on the mizzou side um so we will talk about who we think could go and who we think, you know, might be – we might talk about multiple scenarios for Matt. Yeah, so you and I putting out those probables. Uh, 125, they only have certain listed, I think, makes sense. Love to see it. Yeah, against um, Northern Iowa, he'll take on Trevor Anderson, a redshirt freshman, 10-9 and nine on the season, but he is ranked. Um, Anderson's kind – he's got some certain to him, honestly. He's he's uh, really good from top that where, where he – really makes things happen. He's also really good at um, – it's actually the same move that certain put Nico Provo on his back. Uh, Anderson has beaten guys like Eli Griffin and Kaisen Tarakina with it. Uh, kind of like not a cow catcher, but almost like a crucifix position, more from jiu-jitsu than wrestling. But uh, he looks very – he seems to be very strong. Like I said, he's, he's pretty long for the weight, very, uh, very good on top. Pretty solid scrambler. Can let matches get away from him at times. Um, but he's, like I say, he's got a pin over Eli Griffin. Overtime win over Kaisen Tarakina. Uh, he beat Jacob Camacho. He's He's got those big wins. Um, I think that uh, as long as certain doesn't get too crazy like he did against the South Dakota State or, or the Dakota schools, and even if he does, he's been really good about that. Um, I think certain gets a solid win here. I don't know if he'll get bonus just because Anderson has given up bonus, but – I don't know what the match will look like if certain does pull something a little too big, um, maybe gives up some points here and there. Um, I think he gets a solid win, though. And, you know, the last thing we're going to do is try to predict anything at 125 this year. So. Yeah, for real. Fingers crossed for Noah Certain. Certain's been one of the more, more – I'm not going to say no, – no, Never mind. I don't even want to put that out there. Certain's a great wrestler. We'll see how he does. Um, another person that doesn't have a probable listed is Drew Stanfield at – 133. However, Coach Smith said on that same podcast recently that uh, Kate Moore is back in the room and is expected at Big 12s and then hopefully NCAAs after that. So yeah. uh, really great that he is recovering well and able to be back in the room and, uh, you know, 
Drew Sanfield stepping up big here, but, you know, I'm sure fans are really excited to see more back in the lineup. So uh, Sanfield will have uh, number 25, Julian Farber. Um, Farber is a junior. This is his kind of first year in the starting lineup, and he has immediately kind of seen some success, like, you know, obviously a little bit lower in the rankings, but in the rankings nonetheless. Um, really good scrambler, um, He, which uh, kind of gets him in a position where he ends up on top a lot, where he's also very solid, and that is kind of where we've seen – uh, Stanfield have a few struggles. Um, so I think the strategy here is going to be, can Stanfield kind of get the escapes quickly? Or if he does kind of end up stuck on bottom, can he avoid uh, getting turned and instead get offense for himself? Yeah, I, I like Stanfield looked real gritty and Coach Smith did speak highly of him. And uh, well, Farber's a really tough out. He gave Alan Hart a really tough match mm -hmm. while going up a weight last season. So that's a tough one. Uh, 141. Another tough one. Another tough one. You got Josh Edmond taking on Kale Happel, who's number six right now. He's 16 and five on the year. Um, but Edmond actually beat him uh, back in 2021 while they were both redshirting. Uh, 141 is a weight listed with two probables with Edmond or Zeke Seltzer. So, you know, don't rule out Seltzer because it's looking like two top eight opponents for for whoever goes this weekend. Uh, so that I could definitely see if Seltzer's close or if something happens if that's uh either guy might go for one little split matches yeah or something like that too uh kale apple kind of northern iowa as a whole very gritty very tough team good scramblers solid on top uh very solid gas tank um and those are all kind of things that edmund's had problems with you know he he's getting in he's going big he's having those moments but he's got to put together a full seven minutes and we've seen it from him before He's coming off a solid weekend where he did get a big win. I, I could see that uh, Happel's going to be really tough. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if Edmund will be able to go big against him, which I think is part of his of what his success is. Happel's dropped a couple weird ones before, but um, like I said, Edmund's a guy we're waiting to – it feels like he could break through at any moment. I don't know that this will be the match to do it. Though. Although, you know, an Edmund that we've seen that could beat Kale Happel is the Edmund we saw against State and Fix. I feel like he didn't back away from that yeah. really kind of intimidating opponent. And if he maybe, you know, takes a little note from Noah Certain and lets it fly a little bit, you know, yeah. he could keep this match interesting. His offense is solid. So this, this, this I think, will be a fun match to watch. Yes. I could see some some very exciting sequences. Mm -hmm. Um. At 149, uh, while we did get an update on Cade Moore, still no update on Joffrey. So uh, this uh, Joel Milan is the only one listed here at 149. And for you and I, he'll either see Adam Allard or Kale Ronavardi. Um, good pronunciation. Buddy. Thank you. That's a tough one. It's, it's a good – it's got good, like, hills and valleys, like Ronavardi. That's yeah, a great right. name. Um, but – uh, both of these guys have wrestled so far this season and uh, can definitely be a little bit solid. And Milan, we have obviously seen struggle a little bit since kind of being in these duels. He's on a three-match losing streak. Uh, Allard won his most recent match but was on a big losing streak himself before that. Um, but Milan has probably the best win of all of them so far. And if he can kind of continue to score and create his own offense, we saw him get to the legs. Can he actually finish those attacks? Um, but neither of these guys are ranked. Milan's in the room with some really tough guys, working with some tough guys. So it feels like this is an opportunity for him to break that losing streak and get a win for the Tigers. And, and they're going to need it depending on who's coming out and starting in these matches. Yeah, 157. Now we're kind of getting to some of the areas where – so I have no idea what the lineup will look like. I don't know that there is a for sure guarantee of what it may look like. I have speculations – just based on how some guys have looked um, on that podcast is a Mizzou athletics podcast. Uh, that's pretty good. Coach Smith and Keenan Hager, you were on there. Um, and coach Smith just talked about, you know, you got some guys that are banged up a little bit. You got some guys that have been sick. Just, I think that uh, they're prioritizing big 12s and AAAs. That's the most important thing. Um, and there are two guys that I've at least two guys that I would, uh, I could see not, uh, wrestling this weekend, Brock Mahler being one of them. That's not to say he won't. None of this is confirmed. None of this all is our speculation. Just completely just looking at the situation. I think Mahler's looked a little flat lately, or at least just not the same as he did earlier mm -hmm. this season. I don't know if taking some time away from competition necessarily is 
uh, is the plan, but that's just kind of my assumption based on how he's been wrestling. If he does wrestle, this is a really big weekend because starting with Northern Iowa, he's got Ryder Downey, who's number 13. Um, another redshirt freshman, young guy for the Panthers. Uh, he broke out earlier this year with, at uh, Cliff Keen in Vegas. He's got wins over Peyton Robb, Cody Chisholm, T. Travis. He beat Pat, Pat Gag, Gallagher and uh, uh, Trevor Chumbly of Northwestern. So really solid. He looks kind of, he's got some smaller vibes to me, honestly. He's he's pretty strong. He's pretty big at the weight. Um, good scramble. I mean, every Northern Iowa guy is going to mm-hmm. kind of have a really solid scrambling ability. Um, I think for Mahler, I think if he comes out, keeps winning that hand fight, because that's kind of been the thing. We've seen him winning the hand fight, but just not taking the shots. I think if he keeps doing that, it just opens up a little more. I think he'll start getting some takedowns, um, especially you give him one or two takedowns and the guy's attacking on him. That's where his money, he really makes his money. Um, if not Mahler, then the or we have listed is James Conway, who's had some solid results at 157. Uh, you know, he's been the ultimate, uh, like, 11th man. Yeah. Stepping into 165 for Keegan against Illinois. Stepping up against Mikhail Lewis at 174. You know, he's done some good stuff. I think that if he were the starter, uh, he would be ranked somewhere in the 20s, at least right now. Uh, for him, I mean, if Mizzou is down multiple starters, which is kind of the situation we're looking at, then you just want to see a young guy like down – or. Conway, just wrestle his match, let it fly, getting the legs, opening up a little bit. Um, I think that would be a super positive thing um, and a really good potential look at the future at, at that weight class if, if Conway is, uh, especially if Conway keeps developing. I think he's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, moving on to 165, uh, a place where we don't often see many ors, but it is listed here, Keegan O'Toole or Jeremy Jackowitz. Um, if we see Keegan start here, he'll see, or either one of them, we'll see Robert Weston for you and I. He's a sophomore, again, first year in the lineup, like a lot of these guys, um, and moved midseason up to 165, and it hasn't been great for him uh, since then, and this is another uh, tough match. Um, I think that obviously this is going to be something that Keegan O'Toole can uh, do his Keegan things, score big, uh, maybe rectify that last one where he wasn't able to get the cradle at the end and actually get it here if he goes. Um, if they are doing any sort of match management for Keegan of some kind, uh, it could be that we see Jackowitz here instead and Keegan kind of focuses up on the David Carr match, which will be on Sunday of the same weekend. Um, I don't know much about Jackowitz, to be honest. Um, I think that... I haven't gotten to sit down and look at the probables too much until now. I think Jack Witch has spent a good bit of this season at 157. Mm-hmm. Um, Weston's, uh, he hasn't had the most success at 165, but he was very solid at 157 earlier this season. I think it's a tough match for someone like Jack Witch. Um, and ideally, Keegan goes because if they would need probably bonus from Keegan if they are missing Mahler and potentially Mako as kind of the other guy that I'm thinking we may not see. Again, speculation, uh-huh. truly nothing confirmed. You're here for our hot takes, and we're giving them to you. This is what we think could happen. Yeah, uh, Mako uh, has not looked bad in any of his matches. He was so close to beating these guys that he's been losing to, but it is just kind of one of those things where – it hasn't really felt exactly the same as uh, it did earlier in the season. So you got six year seniors giving them some rest to just make with this final run um, might be kind of tough to watch as a Mizzou fan, just because of the situation. Uh, but if whoever wrestles here, it's either going to be mock or Ellis Flieger, a fellow Wisconsinite um, taking on Jared Sima. He's ranked, he's 12 and seven. Kind of similar to Downey, wasn't super known. Uh, I think Lance Runyon was originally set to be the starter, but got injured. Uh, Sim has gotten in the rankings with some solid wins. Uh, he's he's a good scrambler. He's a little bit more known for it, I think, for the Panthers. He's putting some guys on their backs and, and pinned them before. Uh, as far as Mako or Flieger goes, I mean, Flieger, AWA kid, also a very good scrambler. I could totally see um, this being just a fun match to watch. Uh, Sima, while he is ranked, he is ranked in the lower 20s. So if someone like Fleer gets an opportunity, and especially with his style, I think he could make this match interesting and potentially make something happen. 
Um, ideally, or, you know, whatever happens this weekend, yeah. let me say this, will be looked at differently depending on the results of Big 12s and NCAAs. If Mizzou and Coach Smith sit a bunch of guys and they drop these duels and then they go and they win Big 12s and get a team trophy at NCAAs, then no it'll be the smartest coaching move that no, anyone's ever made. No one's going to care. Well, not necessarily that, but no one's going to care about dual losses at the end of the day. Um, and Coach Smith is not someone that likes to lose duels, I no, think. No, so I think it, I do think it says a lot, the fact that if if we see guys sit, that they are willing to do that. Um, he did say on that podcast that he sat down with the team and they had the discussion, and I think – kind of talked about goals and priorities and everyone came to an agreement. So, um, you know, whatever happens is going to happen. I don't know how else to phrase it. Yeah, I, I, I just want to preface that. I don't know what will happen. I don't know what the lineup will look like. I would not be shocked at all to just see not a lot of starters or some big names out. And when you don't have your starters against ranked guys, Rough things can happen. Duels can get out of hand, and mm -hmm. and that just that just kind of is going to be what it could be. Well, and, it could be a tough weekend. Yeah, you know, and both of these teams are tough when you have your full starting lineup. Yeah. So I mean, Northern Iowa has wins over Oklahoma State, not this season, but they have historically. They're always a tons tough of team. ranked guys. They and, were a hell of a team yeah. in the MAC. They were uh, one of the main competitors. I mean, and then Iowa State will touch on too. That's even tougher. But so I don't know. I just I I feel like. If something happens where we don't see our guys, I, I think people are going to going to be not happy. And while I understand that, I do think it's one of those big picture situations. And I don't love the situation either, but it just kind of is what it is. And it's it's a quicker turnaround than you'd realize to get to uh, to get to Big Twelves after this. I mean, they're the the weekend of the like March eighth. So I mean, there's like no time at all after this duel on Sunday yeah. before they're traveling again all the way to Tulsa and then competing in a a very tough tournament. And I will say, I do think if both these duels were at home, then things might be a little different. Sure. Them being on the road just kind of an added factor um, for these guys. So there's my little soapbox for, for that. Again, all speculation. Yes, we don't know anything. Don't know anything behind it. I don't want people to think. But we've been we're... watching, and these are these yeah. are our educated <laughs> guesses. Yes. Um, 184, we've got Clayton Whiting or Colton Hawks listed um, for this one. Uh, they'll be taking on number one Parker Keckheisen. Big he's challenge. He's so good. He's so good. He's so much fun to watch. Another Ashburn wrestling guy. That's why he's fun. Very fun. He's a three-time All-American. He's got an 86% bonus rate this season. Heavy favorite for the title. He's beaten a majority of the people in the top eight, top ten. Um, he's got a, a very high pace. Again, great scrambler. He's. I think he pinned Trent Hidley in the, tr the cradle last season. Um so Almost he can, pilled, he can uh, pin Hawks last season. Yeah, he can attack from anywhere. Um, if it's Whiting, then I would assume that this match has happened in some room. I know a lot of guys go back to the uh, AWA schools and, and do work in the off season or on during breaks. Um, I would. I there's a bunch of different AWA schools. I don't think everyone realizes that. Um, some people think, oh, AWA, they're automatically to Mizzou because it's been Askren, but mm -hmm. Max Askren has a school. Uh, uh, Messenbrink's father might have a school. John Messenbrink, I think his name is. Yeah. There's a, there's like, I want to say one or two more with different coaches. So um, I don't know what the connection is, which schools each guy is from. Uh, so I would imagine they've trained together at some point. So maybe Whiting has some familiarity in some positions that might help him, but with, Car with Parker Keckheisen, he's going to be so good. I think Colton Hawks and Keckheisen, I think I've heard of training together too, mm -hmm. potentially. Um, Hawks has wrestled him four times. All decisions. Uh, last year, it was like 7-1 or 7-2. I think it was 6-1. 6-1, okay. Mm -hmm. um, so, I remember uh, Colton Hawks, I think his freshman year, he wrestled Parker Keckheisen to a 3-2 decision. And I was like, oh, man, Colton Hawks is going to be freaking good. Um, and I mean, I think he, he has, is, yeah. yeah, it hasn't exactly panned out like I thought it would then, but I do think that kind of showed and has shown when had that, he wrestled that, mm -hmm. that he can wrestle the top guys really, really well. Um, so I don't know who they'll end up going with here. I think if it's a uh, widening, we've kind of seen him struggle against top guys, especially with that pace, with that length. 
Um, I think this match should kind of get out of hand, so I wouldn't be surprised to see Hawks come in and, and uh, try to make something happen, but not go too crazy and give up big bonus points. Um, 197 pounds, you've got Rocky Elam or Jesse Cassatt listed. Cassatt wrestled against North Dakota State. Um, the, whoever goes here will take on number 24, Wyatt Volker, another redshirt freshman. He's known, uh, he's was a U20 Greco world team member. So gotta look out for those throws. Mm -hmm. Um, he's pretty solid. His only big losses this season, uh, is the Silas Allred of Nebraska who randomly has tech and pinned him. Silas Allred, obviously, a, I believe a big 10 champ from last season. So very good, but. Volker is not typically a guy that when you watch gives up a lot of points. He's normally wrestling these tight matches, mm -hmm, even losses. Stingy. Yeah. Um, if Rocky goes, which I would love to see him go and get a ranked conference win, I think he'll get to legs. I think he'll probably put on a tough ride against a young wrestler. Uh, just got to clean up a couple things. Would like to see him maybe not back up as much. I think if he keeps doing that, then refs are going to start noticing and teams are going to start calling for stalling here a lot faster and, and, and start calling for that. So would like to see him hold ground or just get to legs a little more frequently, which he's obviously one of the best at. So that's a great match. Uh, and then we'll wrap up with what could be another great match. Um, again, this is an or, so we got Zach Elam or Jared Stoner uh, taking on Tyrell Gordon. He's ranked number 16. Uh, Gordon is super tough, and every time he wrestles Zach, it's tough. Uh, Zach has not lost to him yet, and in the last time they wrestled at Big 12s, Last season, he uh, Zach won 10 to 4. Um, and Gordon hasn't wrestled as much as Zach has this season. Um, but the losses that he's taken have been to top ranked opponents, and he's kept it close. And that's kind of how he's wrestled Zach historically, too. So, um, I would love to see this one just to see, you know, Gordon can keep it close here. But Zach also feels like he's really stepped up and gotten to another level this season himself. So, how does that level kind of stack up against? an opponent he's seen pretty consistently like Gordon. Um, if it's Stoner, I think that's a bit of a different scenario. I think that Gordon could probably get the better of him, um, but we'll just have to wait and see who gets sent out. I Yeah, I, I do think Gordon would probably take out Stoner. An interesting thing, Gordon is a smaller heavyweight. Mm -hmm. I want to say I've watched a number of UNI duels this year, and I want to say it was against Oklahoma State where they, they talk, they tend to have the weigh-in sheets and talk about, he was like, 225 230 I remember like, you telling me that very pretty light um which I think Zach has has been in that position before but Gordon was a 197 who's bulked up super fast um Stoner also kind of a lighter heavyweight he's uh struggled against really big big heavyweights but even Maybe with a, guy a little smaller a range Gordon even not to necessarily get a win but just to kind of see what it's like to wrestle a guy a similar size that's very established at the division one level um I think could be a a good opportunity for Stoner. For him to pick on someone in his own size. <laughs> I mean, a little bit, yeah. Uh, Zach, we talked about Mahler and Mako being six-year seniors and maybe just giving them time to rest. They haven't maybe looked their best or like what we're used to seeing. Zach, I don't know, necessarily falls under that. I feel like he's been wrestling really well lately. And his matches are so quick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. it's Doesn't have to cut weight. It's hard to, it's hard to gauge where he's at, but uh, – with him being a six-year senior, if there's little injuries or little things that are kind of adding up, I know some guys are, have been sick. There's flu going around. A number of, of big teams. I know Iowa was missing Drake Ayala last season or last week because of flu. So things like that going around. Who knows? There's kind of even if a guy sets may not be to, uh, to injury, could just be coming off illness and wanting yeah. to prioritize. But overall, um, that duel is one that you know. We got all our starters in. It's one that I feel pretty confident that Mo mm -hmm. Mizzou gets a solid win in. Depending on who might be out or who might be wrestling Iowa State, not wrestling you and I, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, it might be a little bit of an uphill battle for the Tigers. That you and I squad has looked really solid. Yeah, they're they are not uh, they are not a team to that is fun to wrestle when you're healthy, much less when you're uh, banged up and short some guys and. Uh, already down Cade Moore and Logan Joffrey coming into duels lately. And just it's it's just sounding like there's going to be more. So we'll just kind of have to see what happens there. Uh, but two days after that, Mizzou – well, let me see. So Mizzou, first of all, the Northern Iowa duel is Friday, which will probably be the day that you're listening to this, um, on Flow Wrestling at 7 p.m. Central. I'll try to do a live thread like I usually do. 
um, two days later on ESPN Plus, February 25th, 2 p.m. Central Time. Uh, Mizzou is going to be taking on Iowa State. They're number five, 12 and two on the year. Um, really, really great team. Uh, past two seasons, this duel's decided the Big 12 unofficial dual champs. Uh, last year, Mizzou won 23 to 12 at home. Claimed the title. Yeah, but both teams look real different. Um, obviously, that Keegan O'Toole David Carr match uh, is is kind of the big premier match potentially of the year. Wouldn't uh, be surprised if they set this duel up to finish there. I 100% think that they will. Uh, so I'm, I think for our preview, and I haven't fully gone through it yet, we'll end up going starting at 174 and we'll finish it with that 165. Again, another disclaimer lineup's going to look different. Don't know who will be where or anything like that. So I think I will probably or will probably focus a little more on the Iowa State wrestlers as opposed to the opponents that could see them because it'll be what we just previewed for you and I basically will probably be the the same oars. Yes, absolutely. Because they all went on the trip. So those are the guys you have to choose from. Yeah. And instead of doing just life is busy. So we're just going to kind of run through. Uh, and I, I'll kind of talk about the Iowa State guys starting at 174. MJ Gaiton, he's number 19, 15, 5 on the season. He's a redshirt freshman. Um, similar to Mitchell Messenbrink, I think he was originally – uh, committed to Cal Baptist or California Baptist and ended up transferring or committing to Iowa State. I don't remember the exact sequence. Um, really fun to watch. I would love to see Mako in this match because I think this would be a good match. Uh, guy Ton, he's a big moves guy. He isn't afraid to put himself on his back to put a guy on his back. Um, not necessarily the same like scrambling flexibility, but has a really good feel. Got a really great pin over Brody Conley this season in a scramble with a nice headlock. Um, He's a really tough opponent. Uh, he He's a bit of a wild card. Um, I like Mako in the match just because I feel like Mako is more than willing to mix it up. But that is not to say that Gaetan is not also very dangerous uh, with his moves. Uh, again, if we see someone like Flieger in here, kind of a similar thing where I think he could mix it up and make things exciting. But I don't know how much of uh, – where where the exciting versus competitiveness kind of starts and ends in a match like that. Guy Tonkin has had some inconsistencies, but seems to be a pretty high level guy. Um, kind of a, just one to watch, I think. Um, and then 184. Uh, Iowa State has Will Feldkamp. Uh, been wrestling for a minute now. Um, yeah. had, uh, had some a red shirt year, an injury uh, red shirt as well, um, medical red shirt. So he's been around for a while. Um, ends up finishing seventh last year. Um, he's ranked number eleven right now. Beat Colton Hawks at NCAA's last year. I think in the round of sixteen. Uh, um, yes, I, I think so. He's a great scrambler, really, really tough on top. Maybe not as much uh, lower body. I think Colton Hawks, if he gets to start here, you know, might have similar similar struggles that he did uh, the same as the last time he wrestled. Uh, he can be really good defensively. Um, and like I said, put you in some really complicated scrambles. Uh, if you get Whiting here, you know, Whiting's really got that strong offense, lower body. Like I said, that. Feldkamp maybe doesn't have as much, maybe that lefty high crotch, um, but it's really going to be about finishing cleanly if it ends up being whiting and not getting caught up in those really tough scrambles with Feldkamp. Um, and for either of them, once they do end up on bottom, either from you know taking bottom or giving up a takedown, how quickly and smoothly can they get out? Um, I think this is a tough one either way. Um, if it is whiting, you'd love to see him get kind of this ranked matchup that's like within his ranking pretty close. Um, and get a win here to kind of bump up a little bit before Big 12s would be great to see. Yeah, this is a big opportunity type met match. Feldkamp is uh, he's very solid, but will randomly like give up big like big moves. I think Dustin Plot almost teched him. Um, so kind of a that match could be really big for Mizzou or and really poorly, just with how Feldkamp wrestles. Um, 197 Iowa State has Julian Broderson. Uh, he is a former 174 pounder who's bumped up two weight classes. He has been in the rankings at times, but has fallen out at this point. He's six and seven on the year. Um, I I think it's tough to change weight classes uh, in any case, especially the bigger you are, that bigger that jump can be. I think a lot of times you see guys take at least a or after spending a year at that weight, kind of take a jump in the second year. 
moving up two weight classes, I think is very difficult, especially from 174 to 197. That's what 23 pounds just on flat weight, not even talking about like what you're cutting. Um, so Broderson solid, uh, but if it's Rocky, I think Rocky gets bonus points here. Uh, Broderson can definitely keep things tight, but I think if Rocky starts to smell blood, he may really separate. Uh, Broderson has some big moves himself. I think he's gone. I've seen him go for elevators before, put guys on their back or put himself on his back. He got bonus by a true freshman Jersey Rob for Oklahoma state earlier this season. Um, so I, uh, I don't Broderson's the only unranked Iowa state guy that we know of currently. Um, I, I think that if Rocky were to go, he'd be a pretty big favorite. Uh, he would certainly be a pretty big favorite. I think it's a good opportunity for bonus points in this one. Um, moving on to 285, uh, man, if we, if we get the matchup of starters here, it would be an exciting one to watch. So if we get, you know, Zach, obviously, uh, at heavyweight right now, uh, Iowa state has younger Bastida up away from, uh, Last year, he wrestled uh, the season before that at 197 and bumped up this year. I think there was a little conversation of, like, you know, how's he going to look up at heavyweight? He looks huge. He looks well, huge. yeah, I literally just talked about Broderson moving up and how I think it takes a season. Younger Bastida's he's walking right. He's, like, 245. Their strength condition coach said he's a lower body fat percentage than he was before at he's, 197. He lo- it looks like he grew. I think that this is one of those guys that I described, like, if you grab him in the corner and just kind of pulled up. Like, yes, he is massive. Yeah, and, he, and scary. He's, he's so good. He's so good. I, I don't think he beats Greg Kirkfleet, but I think he's a finalist this season. Yeah, um, he's ranked number three this year. He's um, – they're both undefeated. I mean, if it's Zach or, or Basita, one of them is walking away with their first loss on the season. Ah, I think this is tough for Zach. I, I would love to see Zach continue to dominate as he had, but I think this is just going to be a tough one. Basita is such an active heavyweight, having that 197 background and competing so well in that weight class. I don't know. Yeah, Yonger is, I think his takedown ratio, he's only given up two takedowns this season, and one of them was – I think a go behind off his first shot of the season way back when. I don't even know who the second one was to, honestly. It, he he's so active. He's so good from his feet. The three point takedown makes him like ridiculous. What's his bonus percentage? Uh, sixty eight. Sixty eight percent bonus rate at heavyweight. That's crazy. Um, I mean, he's just so good. Like I said, I think he's the number two guy at the weight class. I think they have Wyatt Hendricks in there right now, and that'll all get sorted out at Big Twelves, but. I mean, Yonger just so fast, so explosive. Zach, obviously, really good at shutting stuff like that down. I just think that while he can slow Yonger down, I don't know that he will be able to slow him down long enough because uh, Yonger is just so good. And that is not necessarily – that is more of a, oh, my God, Yonger is so good rather than anything about Zach. We saw Yonger pick Lucas Davidson of Michigan up in the air and flip him over at CKLV. He took down Colton Schultz, which seems almost impossible to do. So great matchup if it happens, but it's going to be a tough one. Yeah. Um, then uh, kind of back to the top of the lineup uh, at 125, uh, maybe you know a certain. I, actually, I, I think, think, I think it, it it's going to have to be certain because no one else was listed at, at UNI. And this should be uh, Kaisen Tarakina. Um, another great name. Like, I always thought his name was Tyson, um, but it's Kyson and then Tarakina. Oh, is- from Hawaii. Iowa State randomly has wrestlers from Hawaii and Cuba. Which is exciting. Two wrestlers from Cuba. Um, but so I don't know that we'll see Kyson Tarakina this weekend, actually. Yeah, I was like trying to do a little bit of research and I was like, is he in trouble? Yeah, so this is he might three three hours so, ago. Yeah, I the um, Jacqueline Cord, she's an Iowa State beat record or beat reporter. Uh, she does really great stuff. I suggest following her because she does a lot of great Big Twelve stuff too. Um, Tyson Tarakina had two previous operating while under the influence. Yeah, like, oh, I don't know. Maybe uh, it it was like a, it's yeah, basically um, from when he like twenty one and then maybe last year, I think, uh, violated his probation. No, sorry. Just, Didn't check in. Just one OWI because the second one got overturned in yes. court. But, yes. Um, Didn't check in with a probation officer as he was supposed to recently. Yeah, turned himself in. Uh, uh, Coach Dresser, I just saw, was saying that don't know what they're going to do this weekend. Uh, 
I don't think Tarakina is necessarily suspended. I don't know what the situation looks like. Um, I don't know. That's really tough. Uh, I don't, I don't know that Iowa state will need him if Mizzou does not have their full team. So I would not be surprised if he did not go. Uh, Kaisen Tarakina, he's a multiple time NCAA qualifier. I believe certain beat him to qualify to like make the allocations back in 21, maybe, or no, maybe 22 at mm-hmm. big 12s. Um, he was in Tarakina was injured last season, but has some big wins. He has some really good wins this year. I know he beat Eric Barnett um, of Wisconsin, which is a big one, uh, but also has some weird losses, lost to Trevor Anderson, um, lost to Troy Spratley. Not so not weird losses, but I think just he's kind of up and down from where you might expect originally. Um, and that, so if it's certain, you favor certain, but Tarakina, he's got dynamic neutral offense. Uh, he's pretty tough on top. He uh, He's just a real well-rounded wrestler. He's one of those guys I think Iowa State fans feel like has this big potential and has it fully put together. Um, but I think he certainly can get a win like this and no one would be necessarily shocked just because of his up and down, especially at 125 pounds. Um, 133 pounds, looking like Drew Stanfield again, like we talked about, taking on number seven, Evan Frost. Uh, Evan Frost from Louisiana, not too many Division One stars you see from there. Uh, but he's redshirt freshman who's really broken out this season after not being the expected starter. Uh, he's 14 and three on the year. He's got really solid wins, um, really solid on top. He majored Brody Teske in the Iowa Iowa State duel earlier this season. That was pretty impressive. Uh, wrestled some guys really tough. He's wrestled Dayton uh, Fix well. Uh, I think his big kind of head scratching loss was he got teched by Nasir Bailey, uh, who's a stud and and not a slight against Frost, just a one sided match. But uh, this is a tough one, especially with Frost being so good from top. He got Stanfield, who again kind of see him struggle on bottom. So that could kind of be a tough matchup for him. Um, Frost is going to be in his face. Iowa State's going to want be wanting to score bonus. So. Could definitely see that one get kind of out of hand. Um, 141 pounds, you got Josh I, Josh Edmonds, Zeke Seltzer. Either one taking on number nine, Anthony Echemendia. Um, Echemendia spent some time at Ohio State. I think, believe he got dismissed from the team. Um, spent some time bouncing around. Now at Iowa State. Uh, he, similar to Younger, he is a Cuban def- defect, I believe is what they say. Mm-hmm. Um, 15 and four on the year. Really good leg attacks. Not afraid to go upper body. I really hope it's Edmund because I mean, honestly, Seltzer is more than game to go upper body too. This match is going to be ridiculous. I have been looking forward to this match all year. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of under the radar, honestly. Um, we've seen Edmund go feet to back with so many guys, and I, I just know it's going to happen at some point. Um, I think they match up really well for an exciting match. I don't know where one guy. Like, I don't know that Echemendia is that much better than Edmund in neutral. I could see this being a single sequence. A guy might get put on his back. A guy could get pinned in this type of match. Um, neither guys are real big on top. They're not super threatening to turn. We've seen Edmund look for his wrist tilt a couple times. I don't know if he hits against Echemendia. Um, I haven't seen him go for a lot on top himself. Uh, have kind of seen him have some up and down performances. I think he might be a little banged up, but similar to Edmund, solid gas tank, even though he's down at a weight uh, lower than, than we've seen him before. I think this is just, like I said, fireworks. I This this could be a match that ends in 30 seconds, but has just a, the most crazy sequence that you've seen in college wrestling this season. I mean, I am so excited for this one, just on pure entertainment entertainment value and i have no idea what will happen yeah crossing our fingers here that it does happen because it'll be well even even if it's seltzer we've seen seltzer not afraid to turn in and go upper body he's got a great double as well um i don't know who i don't i really don't know who has the advantage in between edmund and seltzer what that looks like but yeah this one has fireworks all over it yeah really exciting to see um 149 uh uh 
Iowa State has number six, Casey Swinerski, wrestler out of Michigan. Uh, last year, as a freshman, he was an NCAA qualifier. He came in fourth at Big 12s. He's actually one win away from becoming an All-American at uh, NCAAs last year and has just seemed even more improved on the season this year. Um, he lost to Alan Hart in the Iowa State duel last year, I think 7-1, so really uh, not as uh, solid a uh, a win is the ones he's been seeing this season, or as far as his losses go, he's only lost to uh, two wrestlers this season. So he lost to Kyle Parko and kept it close four to two. Um, and then dropped a weird one to uh, Dylan D'Amelio, 13 to 10. Both all Americans. Both all Americans, both really solid guys. Um, but Swiderski's looked even better this season. Um, his last couple wins, uh, he took to sudden victory with Ty Waters and ended up getting the win. Um, and just, has looked really, really solid. And again, this is one where we're going to have probably Joel Mylan in um, and Mylan has, you know, shown these glimpses and shown these things, but Swiderski's just got, um, he's just really solid at what he does. He, he, yeah, he's hard hand fighter in mm-hmm. your face. Just grind you out. I was, I've been telling Morgan from the start of the year uh, that unfortunately Joffrey's not in here, but if he were, then this is going to be a chippy yeah. L match because Swiderski, a lot of hand the hand fighting. Oh be. man, they they would have they might have to get separated because Swiderski just I don't know what he does, but he pisses guys off. He gets under the skin. He's and he is he gets chippy matches all the time. He's very tough. Um, yeah, he's probably the favorite to win Big Twelves right now. This is a uh, this is a tough match for Milan. I could see it kind of getting out of hand just because Swiderski is just like can be a rabid dog sometimes once he smells blood, he'll just be on you. Um, 157 pounds looking at again, uh, for, uh, Iowa state, you're going to have Cody Chittum there. He's a true freshman sitting at 11, four on the season, right? Number 14, uh, Chittum's kind of an interesting guy. He was, he's got a really weird history backstory. He was originally, I want to say class of 2022, and then reclassified to 2023, but then re-reclassified or something like that and spent like a gray shirt year at uh, Iowa and was expected to kind of commit to them. Um, and then the Ferraris came in, and I think they rubbed uh, – there was some friction there. So Chittum As there to, often is with the Ferraris. Uh, as that comes with the territory. Uh, so Chittum goes to Iowa State, and he's been having a lot of success there. Kind of similar to Swiderski, in your face. He's going to be tough. It's going to be a pain in the butt to wrestle because he's, he's a great hand fighter. Um, hasn't had a perfect season by any means. Uh, more of a kind of coming in, he had a really big freestyle uh, background, really impressive senior level freestyle. Um, had a CKLV, I mean, a one-point loss to Daniel Cardenas, uh, lost to Jared Frenick where he it was kind of controversial. Got pinned by Bryce, Bryce Andonian, but that's, who doesn't? Yeah, that's a Bryce Andonian thing. Uh, is coming off a loss to Ryder Downey. Um, we just talked about. Yeah, I don't think that's necessarily a slight on Chidham, but more again, we talked about Downey Downey earlier, just showing how good he is. Um, Chidham also has a win over Jacory Teamer this season. High gas tank again, hard hand fighter. Gonna gonna work you for seven minutes and just be on you. Um, if Mahler was in here. Uh, or if Mahler is in here, the Mahler that we have seen lately, I think, where he is not really opened up, I think that's tough. this is a tough matchup. I think Mahler that we saw earlier in the season, I think this is a great, not a great matchup for him, but a really good match. Um, again, kind of talking about what you're prioritizing, giving guys rest to kind of get back to it. Um, but Chittam is just, he's really good. I think if we see uh, Conway in here, I think it'll be a tough match. I think, yeah. like I said, I think highly of Conway. I think he could make some things interesting, but uh, could be a big weekend for whoever goes at 157. Um, and then 165, <laughs> nothing, no big deal. Yeah, that's about that about wraps and it up, right? Um, oh, gosh. Keegan O'Toole taking on number two, David Carr, for the fourth time in their careers. Uh, David Carr sitting an 18-1 this season. His only loss came in the semifinals of CKLB against Julian Ramirez off of a weird scramble where he gave a takedown. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has just looked so good. I mean, it's David Carr. We all know how good David Carr is. He's been bonusing as many people as Keegan, it seems like. Um, oh, man. What is this match going to look like? I was just I just went and watched all their matches today. Obviously, last year, David Carr 
won pretty handily, not as some people described it as dominated. I would a not, blowout. I would no. not call it that. I think it was eight to two. Uh, Big 12s goes into overtime. David Carr gets the pin. Just and with, people love to talk about that too. That you know, Carr pinned Keegan O'Toole. And it was like, he Keegan, did, but Keegan was hanging on to a leg because yeah. it was the only thing he could do and got cradled. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you're gonna lose because he got the takedown, so you might as well try to get out of it. And in trying to get out of it, you give up a pin. I mean, it's a lose lose. And yeah. at least Keegan's book, I feel like you know, a pin's not great, <laughs> but it it's a loss is a loss. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think anyone that at even I was saying it back then, but anyone that's calling it one so one sided for Carr feels like Carr is so separated was like not watching the matches with any sense of reality. And not to say we weren't ner- nervous going into NCAA, oh gosh, we were yeah. incredibly nervous, but it was one of those things where we both said that he looked better at Big 12s, regardless of the pin. You could see the adjustments than he did during the duel. The duel, it kind of seemed like you know he really took him by surprise, and Keegan talked about that. Yeah. Um. But by Big 12s, it was like okay, he's starting to figure it out. And then at NCAA's, it was like he finally he finally found the path forward. And so, you know, let's, um, let's see where they're both at. I mean, you were. I think that these guys, uh, per flow, pound for pound, it's number two Keegan versus number four David Carr. These are truly two of the best guys in college wrestling matching up. I don't know that we have seen. Uh, a rivalry like this since Dake versus Taylor. And it's so good. Um, and I, you know, both these guys are junior world champs. This is the the three potential matches they might have this year aren't even going to be the last time they see each other in their careers because they're both going to have such long freestyle careers. Yeah. I'm sure of it. Both at 74 kilograms, I'm sure. You're going to see both these guys at the Olympics. I mean, probably. Or beating each other to make To Olympic get there, teams. yeah. Um, this is one of those matches where it's just uh, just the the fact that you get to see it is incredible. I mean, my, I, I, I feel like this match has to happen. I feel like if it doesn't happen, unless Keith, there's something going on with Keegan, then it's a disservice to him because I think he's one of the best guys along with our coaching staff at making those adjustments after getting a feel. Both guys are going to, it's hard to predict this match because I know that the Iowa state coaching staff is great too. And David Carr is a, an all timer. I mean, he's the first four time big 12 champ. For Iowa State, I don't know if it's in general, but I know for Iowa, no, it must not be. But for Iowa State, since Cale Sanderson. Um, and it's just one of those things where he, he, they're both students of the sport. They're both learning and getting better all the time. And if you're either of these guys, you want to wrestle each other as many times as you can before it quote-unquote really counts at NCAAs. Both of these guys would rather lose this match and even lose the Big 12s like Keegan did if it means that you figure out the guy that you're wrestling and you're able to beat him at NCAAs. One 1,000%. Um, this is David Carr's last match in Hilton. Oh, God! I mean, they're just, it's crazy. There's so much on this. It's it's a huge match. And, I, and David Carr is such a great competitor. He seems just like nicest like a person, great guy yeah uh, an incredible wrestler but a, even but a great person as well mm-hmm. which is just so important and, and so they awesome talk, they both talk about how much they love having such a competitor at the weight with yes them. like they're just they're so great. Great. It's, it's, like, I, it's fantastic it's it's really incredible so this matchup just like transcends the typical dual big match or something like that just because you are truly seeing two of the best of their uh times competing against each other on the big some of the biggest stages um it's just gonna be so good uh talking i i like to provide like match analysis what i think a match like look like look like where i think our guys could have success where the other guys uh might have difficulty and it's really freaking hard to do that when you got guys like this like i said even going back and watching their matches from last season each one was so different that it's hard to gauge uh what will this match will look like you know keegan obviously won in the ncaa finals eight to do eight to two got two takedowns and uh got some back points too i was watching it and i was like man i don't know how keegan free keegan freaking wins these scrambles not because he was in a bad position but because it's just like who does that yeah um, and keegan does that too uh david carr great double leg really good lateral movement um very good on top, kind of not talked about as often because he's so good for neutral. Um, really great scrambler, too. In that first match, we saw him win the scrambles against Keegan. Um, I'm so curious what's going to happen. I think last season, Keegan did a really good job of staying very disciplined in his stance, 
pressuring forward a lot. Uh, David Carr, with his lateral movement, is fine backing up to the edge because he will he circles very well. Um, but I think it kind of got him against Keegan last season. Uh, he was too comfortable kind of backing up, and Keegan was able to snag an ankle for that first takedown in the finals. Um, so I don't know what Carr will look like. We've seen him really drive through guys with double legs this season. We've seen Keegan get taken down with double legs yeah. just historically against these top-level guys. We've seen him get his teeth knocked out from doing uh, blocking with his head. I remember Coach Smith talking about that once in a conversation. Um, so I don't know. I've watched a lot of David Carr this season. It, he feels so unbeatable at times. Um, Coach Smith talked a lot about tr- drilling single leg defense um, with David for, I, I would assume for against a guy like David Carr and just being so particular and so finite about the details. Um, and that's what this match is going to be about. Yeah. You know, I, I would be shocked if it was quote one-sided score wise for either guy, or if it does, then it's still going to be like a matter of inches uh, as far as what the actual match looks like, even if a guy separates. Um, I think that just like last year, this match is going to change from the big 12 finals, which will probably happen to the NCAA finals, which, which could very well be, the which two. could be two. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. This match has really big, I don't think seeding implications for Big 12s. I think they're the one and two, regardless of who wins here. Yeah. But NCAAs, if one of them, if Keegan or Carr were to go 2-0, and it's going to very much change what things look like. Or even if they split, because you got guys like Messenbrink, who's looking like he might be undefeated in the Big 10. Uh, Dean Hamity is also a contender for something like that. Julian Ramirez, who beat David Carr but got majored by Keegan. It's just so wonky, and so much of it lies on these guys. Um, I guess if our – I don't even know. I don't want no, to say something. We're not predicting up. anything. You just got to watch this one. It's, it's, a, it's an incredible match. And ESPN we'll talk about plus. it for one full hour um, in our recap. So I know. I it, Matches like these are just so incredible. You don't get an opportunity to see world-class guys. Both guys are literally world champs mm-hmm. um, in their career. And like I said, they're, they're – they this is very, just the beginning. They could very well see each other at the freaking Olympic qualifiers in the first round of the season. I mean, it's just a, it's going to be crazy. It's an incredible match between two great competitors. Um, and I don't think that this result will provide too much impact on what the NCAA match might look nope. like. I, it, it could look extremely different. So, um, yeah, great match. Again, lineup's going to look weird. They've already kind of – Coach Smith has literally said that, not even just us. We're just kind of like gauging where that might end up looking weird. I I think Keegan will wrestle just because I can't imagine him wanting to sit like unless he is sick uh, or, or hurt, hurt and we don't some, know about it in some way. Um, so, yeah, I don't even know what more I can say about the match. No, uh, the duel in general, again, this is a team where – You've got to be on your A game with all of your starters mm-hmm. to beat a team like Iowa State. So I think this is going to be a bit of an uphill battle. We kind of have a mixed line of starters and backups. But yeah. it'll be an entertaining one regardless, as we talked about. You know, even some of these backups, Seltzer, um, if we see Hawks instead of Whiting, like could create some really interesting matches in some of these uh, matchups either way. So it'll I, definitely be one to watch. I was listening to a wrestling podcast uh, sometime this season, and they asked, like, what would you want to see from the guys – uh, outside of wins and losses. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's such a good question. Because it is, it really makes you think about like what matters more than wins and losses for duels that don't have a huge impact necessarily outside of like seeding for, for Big 12s and NCAAs where you really get guys at their peak. Um, and I think that the this weekend, while results may not go the way that for the team that everyone's wanting when you're looking at the individuals, looking for guys to be aggressive and be willing to open up and, and get to legs and taking shots and winning uh, or not even necessarily winning every position, but getting to that leg. And cause I think Mizzou really succeeds whenever they um, actually get to their just like, yeah, like you, you're not going to finish clean every attempt, but if you can get to a leg, then you can find a way to score. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's been kind of Mizzou's uh, big thing early in the season where they had a lot of success and some, some of the, the, the guys seem to have gone away from it a little bit as far as taking those opportunities. So 
hopefully the guys that do go this weekend kind of find that way back and get yep. back to that and just even wins or losses while they do have an impact and they do matter at the end of the day it's more about what you learn and and how you wrestle and so seeing guys be aggressive taking their shots getting to their opportunities just wrestling tough trying to wrestle their type of match and and uh, really trying to uh uh put their their best self and and what i think tiger sal has really mm-hmm. become as far as uh style of, of and a mentality of rather than yeah. just the wins and losses um something that hopefully with whatever happens this weekend people can keep in mind uh and and look forward to big 12s i don't want to sound like a pessimist but just with how these teams are and, and what the situation is looking like i think it could be a, t- a tough weekend just because that is that is the situation we're looking at yeah but this will certainly set a little bit more of the stage for uh, big 12s and that'll probably be what we'll talk about next we'll you know wait for these two duels to conclude um, i'm sure james will be tweeting about uh tweeting about them um if he can hold his phone up if he's not too nervous oh, um, i don't know if i can do the live tweet you're for just keegan, gonna man. have to watch the keegan and car match yourself uh, <laughs> and then watch it again over and over and over again which is what we've been doing all year since last season yeah um but then we'll we'll recap what happened here. Uh, we might even wait for some seedings to come out, um, and then we'll be able to talk about Big Twelves, which I'm almost positive James and I will be attending in person. Uh, yes, so that'll be really really exciting. But we 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 got ahead of ourselves and got credentialed for NCAA's. But and then we're like, hold on, Big Twelves are first. <laughs> yeah, so. we we're hoping it's more on me with my school schedule right now. I'm I'm in clinical and I got boards coming up. So things are kind of crazy, but we're going to try to find a way to make it work. Yeah. And we're very excited. It's the last two duels of the season. So watch them if you can. Great way to spend your weekend. Um, and yeah, we'll be, we'll be back with the recap, but um, thank you again to our sponsor wrestling central um, go tigers. And you know what we say? Mizzou is a wrestling school. Bye.